Welcome to the first edition of the beta of the temporary, the pretend, I don't know what the hell we're doing. This is a new podcast called Don't Listen to Us. Never. Never <laughs> listen to us. <laughs> My name is Sean King. I'm Melissa King. My lovely wife and I have had some wonderful conversations. We've been married for a little over or under, depending on how you do the math, three months. Um, and we have these wonderful conversations in bed. We do. Each morning we get our coffee. We wake up an hour earlier than we actually need to, and we get our coffee and we sit in bed and we have these. We solve the problems of the world. It's my favorite time of day. We discuss uh, issues. We discuss our philosophies of life, of politics. Uh, we learn things about each other. And I've always been saying we should record these because they're kind of funny and interesting and and that kind of stuff. So this is the first version of that. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. It's called Don't Listen to Us for a Good Reason, <laughs> uh -huh. because neither of us have any real expertise in any of this stuff, except mm. life experience. Your life experience is different from mine, significantly so, yes. in, in any number of ways. Not just male, female, but Australian, Canadian, mm -hmm. growing up in, in different ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that obviously informs our lives and our views of things. But we're also politically fairly close together, Yes, and we can argue well. Unlike other people that I, I have uh, discussed stuff with. For those of you who are uh, old-time listeners uh, of me personally, Sean King, you remember I used to do a podcast called uh, Trash Talk with my good friend uh, Jay Curtis in Nashville, Tennessee. And this is sort of an outgrowth of that, except it's not going to be – it'll be similar to Trash Talk. But I didn't want to call it Trash Talk because I, I like this idea of calling it uh, uh, Don't Listen to Us. So <laughs> that's where we're going with this. What do I want to talk about? Oh, I thought you had a folder I of do. subjects I have that so, you've been thinking of that so people shouldn't listen to us when we talk about stuff. Them. So much stuff. One of the things that, that you and I had a, had a good laugh about was the the story that I think it's still ongoing. I believe it's in New Hampshire. Was the um, woman who won the Powerball lottery? $560 million, stupid amounts Crazy. of money. Crazy. For those folks who, who don't know, we live here in uh, the lovely Gibsons, British Columbia. It's called, a place called the Sunshine Coast. And in Canada, we have a, such a smaller population than you guys do in the U.S. So our lotteries, when they get up to 5 and 10 million, we all get really excited. <laughs> and so when we hear about the Powerball that's $400 million, we're like, Jesus so this woman won the Powerball lottery and did what she's supposed to do, not in the order she's supposed to do it. She um, signed her ticket, went to the lottery office, and said, G -g 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 give me my money. It's <laughs> what we'd all do. Yes. And lottery folks said, that's great. Uh, we're going to publicize this information. She said, no. She didn't want the information publicized. Now, lotteries do this. We've all seen the news items of some multi-million dollar winner with the big check and the, the family around mm -hmm. and the reporters asking what are you going to do with the money? Are you going to quit your job? All that kind of stuff. Well, she didn't want any part of that for any number of reasons. I don't think the reasons really matter. For her, it's a matter of privacy. Her lawyer has said it's because she um, doesn't want those relatives coming out of the woodwork, that she uh, it'll change her life, um, That and her lawyer has also made the claim that publicizing this information would be a danger to her life. She's afraid of those things that happen to lottery winners. 
The problem is those things that happen to lottery winners, while awful, are almost always their own faults. One of the things that uh, you've talked to me before about is this, and explain to the audience what this is, this idea of radical empathy. Oh, well, radical empathy. Well, it's just saying it the way it is to people is to me radical empathy. It's like, yeah, I'm hearing you, but you know, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> I think one of my favorite my favorite lines um, from uh, comedian Dennis Leary was, life's tough, get a fucking helmet. Yeah. By the way, this podcast will be rated R the entire time, oh. so just to let you know about What that. doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Which is also fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter with that one? Because if that's true, I'm strong enough. <laughs> no, no, no. Leave me alone. <laughs> but yeah, that's what this kind of uh, podcasting thing is going to be about, this radical empathy that's just, just suck it up, okay? Yeah, Sometimes so, life you know, is hard. Yeah. And uh, especially when people like this... And I'm using air quotes here. Whine about this situation. The lawyer pointed out in the past 12, 15 years, three cases where people have been killed for the lottery monies. And that's oh. awful. There's no doubt that it's an awful thing. Mm -hmm. But that's three in the last 15 years. There have been, and that's part of the problem that we have this um, confirmation bias, it's called, where we see what we want to see. We hear what we want to hear. And the media contributes to this. We don't hear or pay any attention to the thousands and thousands of lottery winners who are perfectly happy, mm, mm -hmm, who have gone mm -hmm. on to live wonderful lives, and they're donating the money to charities, and they've they've support they're supporting their families, and they're going on world travel. All mm. we don't hear those stories. No, we hear the stories of the schmuck in Missouri who blew all of his money on coke and women, about the guy who got ripped off by a money manager, about those isolated cases. And we seem to think the isolated cases are the majority the norm, of the cases. That's of the, right. of the norm. That's what mm -hmm. this lawyer is trying to do. Mm -hmm. She must have had lawyers lined up, this lady. Yeah, no kidding. No <laughs> kidding. Now, one of the problems, and the only saving grace she has in this case, is that in the state of New Hampshire, by the way, most lottery companies do this because they want to show that their lotteries are above board, that the people who are winning are actual people, not the vice president's sister. So that's why they do this. You have to be public about it. Exactly. And All it right. says so in the lottery information. When you buy your ticket or when you do, in the, the, when you read the terms of services that you're supposed to, no one does, mm -hmm. but it says that's why we're going to do this. Not every state does it, but I think the majority of states do publicize over a certain amount, over a million, 10 million, whatever it might be. Right. By law, they, they have to publish it's the It's sort of the, the lottery advertising themselves. That's the other way. thing it is, too. That's exactly exact, exactly it is. Mm -hmm. Is the lottery saying, hey, look, a normal person won the lottery. Yeah. You're a normal person. Maybe you can win the lottery. Yeah. You fucking can't, by the way. <laughs> well, I, she did. I'm a firm believer in the Fran Lebowitz line. One of my favorite comedians, mm -hmm. Fran Lebowitz, said, your chances of winning the lottery are the same whether you play it or not. <laughs> <laughs> The odds of someone walking up to you and giving you a million dollars in the street are the exact same as if you bought that ticket. But, you know, the the the, the opposite of that is... You've got to be in it to win it. Exactly. You're not going to win it unless you, unless you play. Unless you play. And I have no problem with lotteries per se. It's a gamble. We, we Everyone gambles on any number of things all the it's time. It's tax on idiots, actually. It can be considered that. It's often been called a tax on the poor, but it's not. It turns out the middle class buy more lottery tickets than, than, than poor people do. do. They? You know why? Because poor have, people don't have money. I was just going to say, they have a little bit of disposable income exactly. that will let them buy them. Yeah. So anyway, um, her only out on this is that the many 
states have a, a sort of a clause that if the ticket is signed by a trust that you set up, okay. then the trust gets the money and the trust gets the publicity. So you don't have to stand up there. The lottery commission says, you know, Sean and Melissa's trust has won this money. All right. So she can do that. Then. She, she could have done it, but she's already signed the ticket in her name. Oh, you have to sign it oh, in yeah. trust. Every, 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 every time you buy one, you'd have to sign it in your trust. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay. So you'd have to have okay. the trust set up kind of thing. Okay. So there's a couple things here. First of all is, is if you are so lucky to, buy, to win this kind of money, the mm-hmm. fir- what's the first thing you should do? So I've won the lotto. Yes, you've won Powerball. You've won $500 million. It's the first thing you should do. Oh. Well, oh my God. The first thing, well, the first thing I should do is I would set up a, 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 a big bank, a trust, somewhere to put it all that w- where it was safe and that it wasn't necessarily accessible to me immediately. I no. Mean, no? Why? No. The first thing you do is go to your bank, yeah. open a safety deposit box, Put the ticket in the safety oh, deposit box. Oh, put the box. ticket in there. All take a, right. Take a picture of the ticket. Yes. Shows the numbers that right. you want it. Then put that in the safety deposit box. Yeah. Then leave. Sit around for a week going, holy fucking <laughs> shit. Oh, <my. laughs> so they know you've won. Or no, they don't know yet. They've known someone has won. The lottery right. commission knows someone has won. Okay. The next, and then after whatever period of time you want, max out your credit card. By the way, just go have fun. Mm. Just go to a bar, buy everyone beer on your credit card. Right? Yes. Then go to a f- final lawyer, and don't pick the first lawyer. Pick the second and third lawyer. You know, when you want to investigate a few lawyers, and show the lawyer the ticket, and say here, here's proof, and have mm-hmm. the lawyer set up tell you the advice about this stuff. Okay. What you should do next. Okay. Pay him. Uh, pay a tax accountant. Pay a, pay a bookkeeper. Pay that kind of stuff. The lawyer will tell you what to do. And then you go to the lottery commission. Because okay. the lawyer will have told you, if you if you haven't signed the ticket yet, you can sign it. You will, me as Mr. Lawyer will create a trust for you and you can put the money in into the trust. Oh, all right. That's what the first thing you should do. Okay. A lot of folks do is they suddenly run to the, the office and and then it's all taken out of their control yeah, in right. a way. Okay. The next thing you do, uh, so, sorry, her other option is, and this very well may be the smartest option, is like we said, suck it up, take the money yeah. for $560 million. I can hire security to keep everyone away. Some uh, our, our friend Monty on uh, Twitter said for $560 million, I can keep my second cousins away. I said for five hundred sixty million dollars, I can keep my wife away. Oh, he, she could she could go anywhere. There's not a problem if you do it smart. If you protect yourself through mm-hmm. intermediaries, like one of the things I would always I've always said I would do because I've got dozens of cousins that I've ne- I haven't seen in thirty years that I know. If I won this kind of lottery that get broadcast, they they I'd be on they'd be on Facebook and, and all that kind of stuff. And the easiest thing to do. Is, you know, Sean, can I have, borrow $50,000 for this business or whatever it is? Especially for those cousins, people you don't care about, even if it's your brother and sisters. You can go, I'm sorry, the lawyers have the money. I can't, I can't do it without the lawyers. Yeah. And what I would literally do is say, I'd love to help you. Write it up as a proposal, because that's what my lawyers want. And I'll pat, I'll give it to my lawyer. My lawyer makes those decisions. Yeah, I mean, it might be a good business to invest in. That's right, exactly. But you let okay. your lawyer do. That's one of the problems that um, professional athletes have. 
is that they become rich. They, you know, NBA player or football player signs that first contract. He's 20 years old, yeah, especially in the NBA because they can go in as teenagers. Mm-hmm. You sign the first contract, you get a $10 million signing bonus. Mm-hmm. And everyone you knew from the old neighborhood is going to show up all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah. And everyone's going to be ha- having their hand out. Yeah. And it's a big, big problem. As a matter of fact, they spend a significant amount of time in the NBA, in and I think the, the NFL, NHL, and uh, baseball too, in their rookie training camp. And they have lawyers come in. And they have Good. people come in. And the people who come in cannot represent the players. So they don't have a vested conflict interest. They don't have a conflict. Mm-hmm. They may have, have other clients, but they're not allowed to represent this incoming class, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's like finance management or what to yeah. do not to that, be but, smart. But personal management, too. You have to watch out for the women. Who are going to try to take yes, advantage of Yes, that's right. The ones um, that will deliberately get pregnant exactly. or whatever. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's I right. didn't think of There's that. There's a lot of that happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The old joke in the NBA is what's the hardest part about going on a road trip? Not smiling as you kiss the wife goodbye. Mm. You know, because there's a lot. Oh, I'm sure of there's a lot of easy groupies. sex groupies exactly out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, while I understand her fear of these people coming out of the woodwork for that kind of money, you can protect yourself pretty fucking uh. good. She could go anywhere to any corner of the earth and hide any paradise that she chose to go to. Any place she I feel could like imagine. there's something else to it. What do you mean? I don't know. Maybe she's got some dark thing in her past that she's concerned about and she doesn't want some, you know. I mean, let's face it people that, uh, uh, well, I mean, uh, people that get are in danger are usually involved with people. Mm. That are dangerous, yeah. like if they have drugs or whatever, sure. and maybe she has something. Absolutely, just, but again, yeah. it's easy to protect herself for, with five hundred and sixty million dollars. Uh, she could change her whole way she looks, That's even. Right. Yeah, I have little sympathy for her. I understand it, but I, I don't have much sympathy for her. <laughs> Would be bride can keep a nineteen thousand dollar diamond ring after breakup. Nova Scotia court rules. Oh. She- Wow. <laughs> Devin, Devin Sherrington had sued his would-be bride in small claims court for the 3.25 carat diamond ring. Ooh. That's a rock. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a rock. A woman who broke up with her fiancé after a fight over wedding expenses can keep the engagement ring. Was a gift to her. Sherrington, a personal trainer, an Arbuckle, our our a hairstylist, a makeup artist. <laughs> How does a personal trainer be able to afford a $19,000 diamond ring? He postponed the wedding and made arguments over its cost. Uh, he testified the wedding budget was becoming a very contentious issue. He sought to err on the less expensive side, while Ms. Arbuckle, Arbuckle preferred a more lavish affair. Remember, this is Nova Scotia. Lavish, is, lavish means a case of beer, not a six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> As a result of the disagreement and the strain it was having on the relationship, Mr. Sherrington suggested they postpone the wedding. Ms. Arbuckle did not agree with that idea at all. Okay, okay, I just have to say something here. The guy, he set himself up. He set himself up giving her this beautiful, big, lavish, expensive ring. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then her expectations are are such that it's going to be a big, lavish affair for a wedding. And yet he's probably broke. He's probably in debt for the rest of his life to pay for the ring. So I'm just Is it right that she gets to keep it? Hmm. Uh... I kind of think not. No, I think the judge should say, you know what, you're gonna, you're gonna give it back, or we're gonna get the cost. We're gonna somehow accrue the cost, get the cost, and we, you know, we're gonna divvy it up between you or something like that. Legally, she's in the right because that was a gift. 
You can't yeah, take uh, back gifts. But it's a gift based on an agreement between them. Yes. And the agreement was, would you marry me? She yes. said yes. Yes. End of agreement. Yes. Well, oh, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I'm giving you this beautiful ring based on this mutual agreement that we're going to get married. And then if I postpone the wedding, if it's my fault that I postpone the wedding, you get to keep the ring. Yes, but... It might be different if you postpone or cancel the wedding, then you'd have to give the ring back. Oh, you know, I'm thinking that if there's a postponement or a quick cancellation like that, that they're really, innately, there's something wrong between yeah, them. The, it's the, not going well. The, the, so yeah, so this was not going to last anyway. <laughs> it wasn't going to last. The other issue is, largely what you would say, is sell the ring and you each get half. Yeah. But diamond rings are worthless on the resale Oh, that's value. right. Yes, you've shown me. For those that. folks who are interested in this aspect of things, that uh, do YouTube searches on De Beers. De Beers, the uh, largest uh, diamond mining company in the world, controls the world supply of diamond for the most part. And they've artificially inflated it. Yes. Diamonds are actually fairly worthless. It's the whole advertising campaign right. and everything is surrounding a diamond. One of my, one of my favorite stories was the Japanese had no tradition of uh, giving engagement rings or even diamond rings before World War II. This wasn't something that their culture did. And once, but De Beers started advertising after the war um, to Japanese men, and now 65% of all Japanese get or give diamond engagement rings. So what was the campaign? A diamond is forever. Diamond is forever. That was, the, that was their original one. Yeah. And the other part of it was that diamond is forever. They also backed it up with forever in the sense that you can never sell your diamond because this diamond has so much emotional meaning to mm. it. Mm. Don't ever sell it. Mm. But in fact, what was happening is they were saying that because diamonds at resale are worthless. Right. They're, they're, you, you go ahead and, and try it. Go into Very it. clever. You can have your diamond um, appraised at 15000 bucks, but go ahead and try to have it sold 15000 bucks to any, any diamond merchant. Not a chance. Mm. Not a chance. Mm. Mm. So. Yeah, so this guy well, you know, wasn't so smart. Well... I think he got all caught up in the other parts of the relationship, let's just say. Possibly, possibly. I mean, what's she going to do with it now then if you say it's worthless? She's got a big rock that doesn't well, represent anything. I, you know what? There I think you go. sometimes that's um, you're keeping it out of spite. Yeah. You know, you canceled the wedding, so screw you. I'm going to cost you 19000 bucks because I'm not going to give this ring back to you so you can give it to some other woman. True. You know, that's the other aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I remember when, when back in college, when I, when I broke up with a girlfriend and she was packing up, and it was an amicable breakup, and she was packing up her things and, and she was going through the, the lingerie drawer and packing. I was like, no, 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 you, no, 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 that stuff stays. She said, what do you mean stays? So you, you, you're not taking that lingerie. She said, it's my lingerie. I said, no, 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 it's my lingerie that I bought for you to wear. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're not taking that lingerie that I paid for and going and wear it in front of some other guy. No, that's not happening. You're not, you buy, yeah, see, I he can buy, with he, you can, entirely. he can buy she, new lingerie for you. No, no, no. She should have been able to take her lingerie. Why? What are you going to do with it? You're going to put it on another woman? I did that not. That sucks. Did, <laughs> I did. So she can't take it to wear for another man, but you can keep it to give to another poor girl who is going to get secondhand lingerie. <laughs> Whoa. But if you don't tell them it's secondhand, they'll never know. That is just disgusting <laughs> this is just clarifying some ideas that i have of you 
So anyway, keep going. What's the next story? I did not do that. I would never. Oh, give... you would have in a heartbeat I if did... some girl was the same size and would have looked pretty and cute in that secondhand lingerie. I Come did, on. I did no such thing. What did you do with it, Sean? I took it out back with a case of beer and burned it and had a little pity party. <sighs> okay. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> because wonderfully, and for us guys, frustratingly enough, every woman is different. What they like in any number of things. And certainly lingerie. Lingerie is very personal. Mm-hmm. I have never bought a piece of lingerie for a woman that she didn't see beforehand in the store and give approval to. Because one woman might like Fredericks of Hollywood trashy, sleazy stuff. The other woman might like Le Vian Rose, very classy, um, uh, satiny type stuff. And the two would never mix. So I would never do secondhand lingerie, ever, ever, ever. Hmm. Anyway, I think it's disturbing that you went out back and burned it. Well, look at that. I had a little pity Whatever, party. dude. Whatever. It's your personal <laughs> choice. Oh... I'll just say to everybody that he's never bought me lingerie. Just saying. <laughs> he doesn't even know what I look like in lingerie. <laughs> there you go. Are you finished? No. Yeah, no, okay. we'll finish. <laughs> My question is whether it's appropriate for now. This is where uh, the crux of our podcast is going to be. The and by the way, this is uh, don't listen to us. I'm Sean K. <laughs> I'm Melissa King. And, and honestly, we, we we have no experience about this stuff whatsoever. We have we have. Well, you, you do. I don't. We we have life experience. We we don't have any professional advice column oh, degrees God. or anything else. Like no. That. So don't listen to us. If you want, you can send us email to uh, don't listen to us <laughs> at yml. Ask, the, ask us a question, but Absolutely. don't listen to the answer. But don't don't take the answer seriously. Um, I love advice columnists. I, I, I probably subscribe to 15 different advice columnists, uh, and it's kind of fun to read them. Some of them I, I skip over when they're just stupid. I, I don't really care about your problem. But I also like to read them and guess what I w- what the advice columnist mm-hmm. would suggest versus what I would suggest. And mm-hmm. quite often it's, it's similar. And I love the ones where they're completely different, where they, I was like, I, would, that's the advice you'd give? My question is whether it's appropriate for woman B, who broke up woman A's marriage, to attend woman A's funeral. (laughs) That's the question. My dad planned to bring his second wife, with whom he had an affair before he left my mom, after 35 years of marriage, to my mom's funeral. Mm. Your dad's an asshole. Oh yeah, no, no. That's your not dad okay. is a jerk. You, can, you just go on, you, on his you own. You go by yourself, dude. Yeah, you don't want all that tension with the family. Jesus. It's such an emotional event. I thought it was inappropriate for her to be there. There, so it happened. Dad oh, did it. He did take her. My mother disliked and resented woman oh. B. No, no shit for the rest of her life. Even though my mother eventually remarried. To me, it seemed wrong that woman B be among the many people at the service honoring my mother. When I told my dad as much, he passed it on. <laughs> oh. Dad's a complete idiot. He is. <laughs> Apparently, woman B felt hurt and confused to the point that my dad didn't attend the funeral either, even though he and my mom had established a cordial relationship over time. Okay, so I have to say that on her part, she should have said, sweetheart, you need to go to this funeral. I'm not going to come. I'm with you in spirit. Off you go. Yeah. So both of them are assholes as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) 
How would you even how did how can you have a brain that works so badly that you can function day to day life? Oh. And yet bring your second wife to your first wife's funeral, considering second wife was the reason why you're no longer with first oh, wife. Oh, well, I mean, he's just... That's just dumb as a stump. Thick-headed goof. <laughs> no, no, he's just... Oh, my God. It just cracks me up that, like I said, that, that people are just that That's stupid. That's stupid. Something, just before we started doing this, we were sitting at the... Uh, by the way, we're both sitting here in our pajamas, just to let you guys know. That's how casual this is. We we're Something we were talking about beforehand... Uh, before we started this, of uh, there's so much of this advice column stuff that is just a matter of suck it up and, and say it yourself. Well, that's a lot of it's very logical and straightforward. Why do you need advice on telling this person this thing? The Mail Magazine, how do you tell someone their fly is down? Your fly is down. <laughs> I mean, if you're somewhere where you don't want to say the words, you kind of gesture. Where could you possibly be somewhere that we you don't want to say the words? Well, if they're doing a presentation or something like that, you know. Like, you could whisper it. Well, you could write it down and hand them a note. But yeah, you just tell them. You don't need advice mm-hmm. on how to do it. Just tell them. Yeah, yeah. Dude, your fly is down. Yeah. Your fly is down. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. That's a pretty stupid question to ask. I got to say. Is there a concern... This maybe just made me think of this of a woman saying it versus a guy saying it. No, I would say to a guy, "Your fly is down." But then he knows you're staring at his crotch. Well, maybe his shirt tail's hanging out of it or something. Maybe it's really obvious. But still, you're looking at his crotch. Sometimes I do look at men's crotches. <laughs> so, <laughs> is that bad? Am I bad? Because the reason why, if another guy says that, maybe the guy with his fly down thinks you're hom- you're a homophobe, or you're, or sorry, thinks that you're a homosexual. Excuse me, homosexual. Oh. That's why you're staring at his crotch. Because remember, men are stupid. Mm. We're, we're, we're going to learn this over the whatever period of time we do this podcast. Men are stupid. Mm. All right? Well, it depends on the guy. I mean, the guy that's saying it. Okay, next. How would you feel about my speaking with the receptionist at my dentist office? She would be so pretty if she lost 15 pounds. So what she's asking is, how would you feel about me telling the receptionist at my dentist office she should lose weight? Oh, she's asking if she should say you yes. need to lose weight? In other words, would you walk up to a total stranger yeah, and say no, you need no, to lose weight? No, no, I don't know her. I don't, I'm not going to have that no, conversation. you would never. Don't know. No, and if anybody knows, it's her. <laughs> she knows she has to lose 15 pounds. Well, Every day she wakes up, she knows. Again, how does your brain work to think that you would even conceptualize the idea of saying, you know what, I think I might tell the receptionist that she's fat. Mm. <laughs> yeah. just, no. Well, I think what the woman is more focused on is that she'd be so pretty if she lost 15 pounds. Do you oh, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. 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 But she's, she's saying that she's pretty now, but she's prettier if she lost. No, there's no, it doesn't matter. Even if she's ugly now, it doesn't matter. Don't, it doesn't matter. Don't, you don't tell her. There, no, no, no. Okay, here, here's a question. Who in your life could you tell they need to lose 25 pounds? Well, I wouldn't tell anyone because people that need to lose weight know it. No. You wouldn't tell your wife because she'd snap on you. <laughs> you wouldn't tell your husband. You, you wouldn't tell your children. You wouldn't tell anybody. No, I wouldn't. It's just I don't not even, a statement you have. No. If they ask you, do you think I need to lose some weight? Maybe. Well, I'd probably say, well, what do you think? I mean, yep. how are you feeling? I lose some weight? Yeah, like totally I support you in losing weight. Yeah. But you wouldn't actually. 
I wouldn't go, oh, I've been thinking that. I'm so glad you said it. Because, oh, my God, I've been thinking every time I see you, oh, my God, she's going to lose 20 pounds. And now you've said it, let, you know, no. I'll buy you a treadmill. (laughs) Yeah. I've got your Pilates pass here in the the drawer. Here's the uh, the last one we'll do for this segment of (laughs) Don't Listen to Us. My brother introduced us to Cora, the woman he's dating. She's a single mother with a little girl. Her daughter has the same common name as our Labrador. Think Katie or Lizzie. At first we laughed about it, but when we went on a picnic together, I called my dog. The little girl also looked up. (laughs) Later, as we were leaving, Cora took me aside and told me I would have to rename the dog. (laughs) (laughs) Because having the same name as her daughter was confusing and more than a little insulting. Oh. I was so gobsmacked I didn't even reply. We, of course, are not going to agree to this ridiculous demand, but I am on the fence between just ignoring her or telling my brother. My husband thinks we should tell him because telling a near stranger they need to re- rename their dog is <laughs> bunny boiler level strange. We could use your tie-splitting vote. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, do they rename the dog? Yes or no? Oh, no, no. no. They don't rename <laughs> the dog. They say to the, it's the brother's girlfriend, yes, right? They say, you know, uh, so let's think of a cute little short shortening of the daughter's name that we could give the daughter. If her name's Katie, it might be Kay, if she would agree to it. I'm not going to change my dog's it's name. it's Lizzie, you could call her Ellie. L- yeah, yeah, yeah. But it depends how serious the brother is with this. That's the other thing, too, yeah. You know, it's, it's not just, serious. It, like, let's just wait and see It here. just says uh, that my brother knew Cora, the woman he's dating. No, no, no. Yeah. You don't do anything. He's just dating her. That's my that's my little piece to contribute to I that. I think one of the problems with a lot of these sorts of things is because people don't say anything in the moment, it gets harder the longer it you does. leave this oh stuff. My God, so I if she had said something totally. at the beginning of sort of laughing, oh, that's so silly, yeah. we're not going to do that and walk away in a very lighthearted kind of way, yeah. then Cora would have realized, oh, okay, they're not going to change the name of their dog. Yeah. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Because th- I see a lot of advice columns and stuff about people stealing the names of uh, their children. You know, that, that three years ago I told my sister I was going to name my first child oh. this. My sister has a child named the kid. Mm. That's just, mm. you know. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. No, I would not change the You're name of my dog. You're not changing the name dog. of the damn dog. No way. No way. I do, I do I do like the description of my my husband thinks we should tell the brother because telling a near stranger they need to rename their dog is bunny boiler level strange. Well, I think being a near stranger and even suggesting it, she's very out of line, isn't she? Oh, that's right. Here's here's the one we were talking before. Um, I'm getting married. This is this is the impetus for this episode. I'm getting married in just a few short months. Everything's been going wonderfully. The only snag in the whole proceedings has been the wedding dress. I found a perfect dress six months ago. My fiance's mother found the perfect dress for me as well. Her old one she got married in. I politely told her that I appreciate the possible heirloom, but I found my own dress. I figured that would be the end of it and that she would give it to one of her daughters. Apparently, that was not the end of it. She was so hurt over my choice that she told my fiance that she wanted nothing to do with the wedding and has not helped since. Fast forward to now, she's been calling me every single day 30 to 50 times a day begging me to wear her dress and end the feud. She says she won't stop until I agree. I'm at my wit's end. My fiancé is no help. He says that I should just wear the dress for the ceremony and then change my own dress for pictures at the end. Prudy, I need help. Uh, uh, uh. No, no, no. This is her day. 
It's your one, hopefully, your one day she gets to wear whatever the fuck she wants. <laughs> and the mother-in-law sounds batshit crazy to me. <laughs> Oh, definitely. No, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. And you uh, get the son to deal with this. You say, you got to deal with this. Your mother is insane. That, to me, is one of the keys in this. The son has the, to the, deal the, with The it. mother-in-law calling 30, 40 times a day? Mm-hmm. No, that's just batshit oh. crazy. That's that's you block her on your phone. Oh yeah, for that one. Yeah, Um, I love the response from this was a dear Prudy column. Uh, Oh my God, the woman's calling you thirty to fifty times a day about a dress you plan on wearing once after receiving a clear no, and your fiance doesn't think this is a problem. Uh. This is an enormous problem, not about the dress, but because of what it suggests with the dynamic you're going to deal with if you go through this wedding and marry this man. I agree because this won't be the first time mom does this. No. If she gets away with it this time, she's going to do it when you name the children. Yes. No, no. She's got to stick by her She's going to do it when you woman. move. Mm-hmm. She's got control when issues. You, if you need to go to a different city for yeah. a job, mm-hmm. this is going to keep happening. Keep going. Can you imagine if, you had grand, if she had grandchildren, this lady? If your husband-to-be isn't willing to help you set a boundary with his mother, if he's not willing to see a counselor with you about this, if he's not committed to making sure his mother doesn't dominate your marriage like she's dominating your wedding, then please don't marry him. Don't marry him. That's great advice. Yeah. If he doesn't deal with it, she needs to think about whether it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because because mom is not, this is not going to be the first or last time mom it won't does be. this. It won't and be. And it's obvious why the son isn't doing this because this is what his mother does. Mm-hmm. She, she, she dominates just, yeah. him. Oh, yeah. She's like a she bulldog. she nags him to mm-hmm. death until he breaks down and goes, fine, mom, we'll do it your way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she's not your mom, sweetheart. That's you right. found the dress that you want. Like you said, this is your it's day. It's her day. You, don't, you do what you want to do on mm-hmm. your day. If mom wants to be a biatch about it, then mom can stay away. But the son's going to deal with it and the son doesn't deal with it, I wouldn't get married to this Well, guy. and the thing is, if the wedding goes ahead and she goes or say the wedding goes ahead and she doesn't go that will be there between them for the rest That's of right. her married That's life right. it will be awful so and no. mom will bring it up on a regular basis oh uh, oh these are lovely wedding pictures i wish i'd been there yeah you know all that oh, well, but stuff. you didn't wear the dress that would yeah. be all dumped on her it would be her fault no 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 and the other thing is to it i realized as i was reading it i hadn't noticed this before um she said that she would give the uh that the, the the future daughter in law said no and figured that she would give the daughter give the dress to one of her own daughters. Well, why not? That would be the most appropriate if her own daughter wanted to. It would be more appropriate yes. to give it to your own daughter than yeah. to give it to your future daughter in law. Yeah, it's very strange. Unless she expected the future daughter in law to then give it to one of her daughters, you know, to yeah, basically but- hand me down. And a lot of guys don't really understand this because to us, the wedding dress, because we all rent our tuxes. So we we don't care. But women have a very emotional connection, spiritual sometimes, to their wedding dress. Mm -hmm. It means so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, You agonized over which one you were going to get. No, I didn't. You did. You I were did you, not you did. agonized. Oh, you did. That is ridiculous. You lie. You did. I you did had buyer's not remorse. Agonize. You had buyer's remorse over it. You weren't I, sure. It was a very pretty dress. It was a beautiful dress. Mm-hmm. You looked fantastic in it. But, but you weren't sure if you should have paid for paid that much for it. It was just that financially, that's all. Nothing, no other reason other than should I do this because of the finances. But no, I didn't agonize. The thing I love about your wedding dress is you can wear it again. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, we go to so. a, like a fancy ball type thing? No, no, no. My no. God, no. No, no, no. Really? No. Nope. I'll so probably think... try and sell it. Really? Mm-hmm. That's a one-off dress. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's too bad. I mm-hmm. thought you looked beautiful in it. Mm-hmm. I won't wear it again, though. 
Really? No. Here okay. we go. I might try and hand it down to Damon's poor <laughs> wife-to-be or Rory's poor wife-to-be. You have to wear this dress. There is no chance that either Damon or Rory, our sons, my stepson's her, her son, would ever find a future wife-in-law, daughter-in-law uh, that would be as perfectly beautiful and tiny as you. Thank you, Sean. That would fit into that dress. It's just not going to be possible. Mm, there's some pretty um, gorgeous young girls that come around here. So I can't believe I don't get props for that ass kissing. That's just no. not fair. That's just no. not fair. No. Folks, this has been a Don't Listen to Us. This is the beta don't version. Don't listen. <laughs> this is the beta version of our podcast. If you'd like to send us an email, send us an email to don't listen to us <laughs> at yml.me. Or if you want to send it off in the uh, the short version, it's DLT, DL2U. Uh, don't listen DL2U. to you. Uh, number two. Fuck it. Just send an email to Sean at your Mac Life. Yeah. At Sean at YML.me. Is it for like advice? Send for people. anything. Okay, did, for anything. Did you like it? Like the sounds of, do you like sure. the sounds of our voices? Do you like the what we're doing? Do you like the idea? <laughs> if anything you want us to talk about? Do you have any opinions about what we talked about? What yeah. would you do with the lottery money? Okay. What would you do with the wedding dress? Let us know. <laughs> uh, as always, I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. And you've been listening to Don't Listen to Us. <laughs> See ya. Bye.